Hi, friends. Welcome to Dream It Real, a podcast for those who dream. Brought to you by Coach. I'm your host, Heaven Nagatu. Each week, we're talking to inspiring guests about how they're making their dreams a reality. Dreams for themselves, their communities, and the world. Coach and I have been collaborating on this as a part of their Dream It Real initiative, all about supporting the next generation and their dreams for the future. This week's episode, we're talking all about self-expression. I would just say don't try to waste time being uh, anyone else or trying to mold yourself to look like something you've seen before or to fit in any kind of box and and know that sometimes the best and most effective self-expression is like the stuff that feels the weirdest and the strangest and the most kind of reckless. As much as I want to introduce Ben Platt by going in on how he has been anointed by Beyonce, I'm going to save that for later in the convo. For now, I just need you to know that he's a 25-year-old legend in Broadway already. He won a Tony for playing the title role of Dear Evan Hansen in 2017. And that show completely swept the awards that year. I don't know if you know about the Tonys, but that's a big deal. Okay? You may also know him and love him from his role as Benji in the Pitch Perfect series. But this year... Ben Platt decided it was time to step away from playing characters for a bit to express himself in his own words with his debut album, Sing to Me Instead. Through the album, he opens up about things that resonate with him on a personal level. We talked about all that and more, and I can't wait for you to hear. Hi, Ben. Hello. We have a lot to get to. But first, I want to talk to you about our theme for this week's episode, which is self-expression. And I want to know, what does self-expression mean to you? I mean, I think self-expression is sort of the only way to, at least for me personally, get through life without just being a constant ball of anxiety Mm -hmm. and frustration. Uh, I identify, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's like this beautiful release, and it comes in a lot of forms. Obviously, for me, I'm a performer and an actor and a singer, so Mm -hmm. I think... Whether that means I'm very literally expressing myself as far as my own music on, on my album, where it's my own thoughts and feelings, or if I'm expressing myself through a character or somebody that I'm playing. Either way, I think it's just whatever it feels like an outlet where you can release your demons kind of as often as possible so that nothing is building up inside you. Yes, love that. Love yeah. not having demons inside no, me. No, <laughs> yeah, that's prefer Don't not, love to, the build not up. to have that. <laughs> uh, how do you talk to a young person who may be struggling with their self-expression? I mean... I'm no expert, certainly, and I'm trying to figure out my stuff the way that everyone else is. But I think I would just say don't try to waste time being uh, anyone else or trying to mold yourself to look like something you've seen before or to fit in any kind of box. And and know that sometimes the best and most effective self-expression is like the stuff that feels the weirdest and the strangest and the most kind of reckless and vulnerable yes, and I feel like love reckless in there <laughs> yeah you know I just I feel like holding on takes so much energy and, mm. and you could be using that for so many more beautiful things than just yeah don't be a poser inside. that's a good word we should bring back poser like, yeah you're into poser like... it makes me think of like I don't know boy bands in the 90s <laughs> you know what I mean I feel like poser, poser is just like why like be yourself you know uh, yeah, I'm, yeah I mean I'm sort of a on one hand, a professional poser in the sense that I'm always playing <laughs> other true. people. That's true. That's a fair assessment of acting. But yes, when it comes to <laughs> presenting yourself, don't do not do no posing. Uh, I'm curious what you were like as a kid. What kind of, what did you pose as? <laughs> oh my gosh. I was really kind of, as a young, young kid, I was 
somewhat introverted. I was kind of like in my own world a lot. I was doing like plays in my backyard all the time. Oh, putting on backyard plays? In the backyard. Oh, yeah. What? Had a fog Tell machine. Fog machine? Mm-hmm. Clip on microphones. Okay, production. All oh, right. Yes. Every birthday I would get something to like up the value of oh the production. Oh my God, I love that. Um, Wait, you got to tell me about these birthdays. <laughs> of course. I mean, I had an Aladdin one. Ooh. I had where I got like the clip on microphones. I got, oh, you I know, I had a so Hercules much. birthday. Just being in my own world. And then eventually when I got a little older, I met like kids who like to do what I like to do and like mm. lived in that same world too. And we, and I became a bit more social. Do you remember the first time you performed in front of people? Yes, I do. It was in Cinderella. I went to like a little Aww. kids uh, theater program starting when I was like four-ish oh, years I old. I love that. Shout out to the arts programs yes, for the babies. Yes, the Adderley School for the Performing Arts, honey. Oh, yes. Um, and I it was the prince and I had like oh. a blue sequin vest okay. and I just okay, remember vest. being really jittery and like I remember the butterflies and I remember oh. thinking like I want to just chase that feeling all the time. I feel like maybe you might have strong feelings about this phrase, but were you a theater kid? 100%. Okay. Million percent theater kid, theater nerd, theater geek. I didn't listen to the radio. I listened to like cast albums and okay, Broadway okay. recordings. I didn't wasn't like very excited to see any particular pop acts growing up. It was more about what tours are coming to town oh. or like when can I go see the Glee tour or like oh. High School Musical or um and I spent most of my free time doing either shows at school, shows at camp or shows uh in my theater program. What are some fun shows you watched? Like uh, musicals? Yeah. Well, my favorite musical probably of all time is called Sunday in the Park with George. It's a Stephen Sondheim musical about this painter. And it's kind of all about like the sacrifices you make as an artist in your personal life in order to invest in the art you're making. Mm. And I think from a young age, exactly. (laughs) I always found it super moving because I always knew that I was going to have to live somewhat in my Mm. own world. So I love that show. I love that. Yeah. Was there ever a time you wanted to do something outside of performing? I definitely would love to teach at some point Mm. um, or, or at least like direct kids. Like I would love to be involved in a community theater or like a children's theater or something does that come from your background yeah and i just all of the people that like instilled in me all the things that kind of led me on this path were those teachers and those directors Mm. and i love love being around and i love doing theater in school because the stakes are so high because it's you know what i mean you only get to do the show like twice or three times so i just would love to to do that at some point yeah high school stakes are the highest (laughs) the highest those are my most intense shows I've ever done. I mean, having been through really? Evan Hansen and everything. What? Yeah, the, the high school musicals because it's like your whole life for three months. It's just, Aww, it's, it's everything. True, and then yeah. everyone in your whole life comes to see it and you and it's over in a flash. It's special. I'm curious who some of your role models were growing up. Definitely my dad. Aww. He's uh, He's in the business. He's a producer and he just has a really incredible ability to remain a really wonderful, empathetic human being and have a lot of integrity while also being incredibly ambitious and successful and having really impeccable taste and being very bullheaded and stubborn for what he believes in. And he just, you know, he rides that line really beautifully. So I always How did was, you see that growing up as a kid? I think just everyone that he would ever bring around that he was working with was just so happy to be working with him. And everyone mm. just spoke so highly of him and was and all of the sets that he was like in charge of or that he was the producer on. He created an environment that was really warm mm. and like friendly and familial. And I always try to do that when I'm in a piece or in any project, try to make the cast feel as much of a family as possible. Oh, and, that's so and make it Y'all feel do like karaoke together? Of course, karaoke. <laughs> I mean, do, karaoke like, the people who can sing ever... is different, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It becomes Y'all more of like a worst. performance <laughs> thing. It is. It's not even my favorite activity because there's a lot of pressure involved. Yeah, I can only imagine. But when the, when the drinks are flowing, it's fine. That's the best kind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Um, so a little bit about about your background, if people don't know, you graduated high school, went to Columbia, mm-hmm. and then you dropped out mm-hmm. to do a show. Yes, I did. I too dropped out of Columbia. You did <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> we don't All have to right, get into bye, them. <laughs> See you later. Uh, Columbia was fine. It was yeah, I. it's a great place. Yeah, 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 wasn't yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious about what that experience was like. Did you feel like any hesitation at all, or you're like, no, this is my time, this is my calling? Yeah, not not a ton, because I I deferred initially for a year to do Pitch Perfect, mm-hmm. and then um, I went in the fall, the following fall, because a lot of my friends took gap year, so that felt kind of normal. And then I went in the fall, and the movie came out like two weeks into my time there. So it's sort of like I'm already getting the opportunity to do what I want to do. Yeah. So why would I put a pause on that? Um, and so I got Book of Mormon and I was like, I got to go take this opportunity. That's amazing. Do Book of what do you feel like you learned from Pitch Perfect, especially that big of a movie coming out? I think I learned that you never really know what's going to be the thing that sets you off. I mean, I think you, like it felt like a really fun and special experience just because it was like a, a lot of singing and it was mm. a musical movie and it was the small little thing we were making in Louisiana but we had no idea that it would be it was massive this, like, cultural phenomenon yeah. yeah so I think I just learned like I mean I'm really happy that I, I liked what I did in the movie but I learned like you never know which opportunity is the one that's gonna mm. make a difference so try to make the best mm. of all of them what's the best advice you've gotten from someone oh probably from my dad and it's just keeps proving itself to be true every step of the way which is that there's so i mean obviously talent and merit are such a huge part of this business but mm. being a good human being and somebody that people want to be around and want to work mm. with and want to believe uh, in yeah. we're spoiled in the fact that we get to make art for a living so there's not like it ain't that deep just you got <laughs> you know what i mean you just got yes it is not keep, that deep try to stay kind and that's that's, that's beautiful the best we're talking a lot on this podcast about young people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like young people, when they are praised for something, they might feel a little nervous about their next project because it's just like, well, you've put way too many expectations totally. on everything. 100%. <laughs> um, and our culture values young people, but also doesn't at the same <laughs> yeah. time, you know? So I'm curious how, if you've like thought about that a lot. Especially coming off of Evan Hansen, mm-hmm. which was such a huge moment and just kind of to my identity is very married to that character and Mm. so of course there was a lot of pressure of what's going to be your next move Mm -hmm, what are you going to do next and I think it was nice to be able to make this album next because I um, was able to really show like who I am without any safety net of like a character and just be as transparent as I could so it felt like a different enough medium and like a different enough world that it's not really comparable anyway so Mm. it kind of was free freeing to be able to move to that world instead. Um, I cannot not ask you this as a person who has been touched by Beyonce. Oh, so Beyonce saw Dear Evan Hansen. She did. And she hung out. She hung out. She came back. Please backstage. tell me everything. She smelled amazing. Oh, uh, I know she did. She looked amazing. Oh, uh, I know she did. She was sweet and normal oh, and down to earth no. and called me an alien. Ah, and I truly was that fanta- good? I was like, you are the ultimate Martian. I cannot believe you're saying this to me. And she's, I think, the, the greatest living life. Martian? Yes, she's like a different world. She's a different. Wow. Because she just has this ability to, like, deliver live vocals while delivering, like, incredibly intricate, full-out choreography with every bit of her body. Yes. At the same time, that is, I think, otherworldly. So it was crazy. I have have nothing to add. These are straight facts. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. You know I had to ask. Of course. No, I'm happy to talk about Beyonce any day of the week. (laughs) Um, So... You originated the role and ended up winning the Tony for it. But as you're just saying, you wanted to try something different with the album, which you just did in March. Congrats, sure. by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> was it hard to switch like that? Was that something you were like, 
nervous about just being like, well, I have a hit in this and people in industries are risk averse. Like, let me not try something new. Yeah. I mean, certainly there was an expectation that maybe I would make a theater covers album or like a jazz standards album or do more musical theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really wanted to take the opportunity to try to you know, see what my original pop voice was going to be. And I think I it, the whole process of making that switch was just figuring out what skills and what kind of philosophies that I grow up with in the theater are going to be useful to me and mm. which do I need to throw out the window. Mm. And so I just kind of was trying to ride that line and be true to myself and stylistically what I felt was honest to me, but also really try to push myself and make music that felt different. So you're excited to do it without a character. You're very excited, mm-hmm. yeah, just to get to share myself. You know, I've been working since I was eight, so I spent the last, like, 16 or so years wow. just trying to disappear into different characters, yeah. and that was, like, the really the main focus. And then over these past couple of years, being able to just kind of hone who I am free of that has been really nice. You released a few videos. I did. Um, and they've got the makings of the kind of emo stuff that I love. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll take it. I love Um I feel like you really centered a range of images when it comes to portraying what love and relationships looks like as well, which I also love. I'm here for that. Thanks. Um, What was the inspiration behind making that? So my collaborator who directed all of the the videos, his name's Nick Lieberman, and we went to high school together. uh, And we've been making making videos since we were like 14. Do you still have those videos? Of course. They're on YouTube (laughs) if you've looked hard enough. There's a couple on there. Um, But yeah, so I always knew that I wanted to involve him and have him be the kind of in charge of the visual world of it. And I've always, since I come from theater and film and like narrative stuff, I've always Mm. been really moved when things are like interconnected and there's something like a through line between Mm -hmm. them. And it's not just purely kind of an aesthetic thing. So I loved the idea of having it feel like a part of one greater story, but having each video feel like a different expression of that. So having one be a bit more sort of fantastical and one be like this sort of black and white old film and one be a contemporary dance piece. Yeah, I love those little vignettes. Have it feel like different pieces of all the same puzzle. Hmm. And were you conscious about the, the images of love or relationships you were making? Totally. I mean, I think... You know, that's not something I'd ever really had the opportunity to like express in my work because I'm always, again, playing other people. But I think it felt very natural to me to want to portray, you know, as close to what my experience was as possible. Mm. So, you know, a lot of that is me. And, you know, I, I cast this really fantastic actor, Charlie Carver, who is um, just really fantastic in one of the videos for this song called Ease My Mind to play my love interest. And I think, you know... We're at a point now where I'm hoping that's not like this big decision to like, to like show a queer yeah. relationship. Yeah, but, but still, like, it's, so, it's still something. Of course, and I'm happy to. I'm so happy that there are young people that will watch it and yeah. feel like you know see something that's like nuanced and has nothing to do with the fact that it's two dudes and it's just like a beautiful love story that's complicated the way that anyone's love story is. Mm. So I'm hoping we're getting to the point where it's just like part of the tapestry and not like the big headline. What's the main message you want people to come away with when they listen to the album? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, certainly I hope that they get, they feel like they know me a bit more after Mm. they listen to it and they have a sort of a piece of who I am. And also maybe that it brings some amount of relief to people who feel like they've had similar experiences or that they can commiserate with some of the things I'm talking about and it maybe helps them to process something in a way they haven't been able to. That would be like the ultimate gift. I, I struggle with this a little, so I'm curious how you deal with this. I feel like, if you're a semi-public person, you got to like share about yourself, mm-hmm. got to be relatable. And I struggle with what to share uh, like in a podcast setting. People are very familiar and they want to know all about your life. Totally. And I sometimes struggle with like the boundaries of like what I want to share publicly versus privately. Million percent. Me too. How do you how do you think that through that? I mean, I'm still trying to balance that for sure. And this is the first like few months where I've been 
consistently talking about myself and my personal life mm-hmm. in interviews and stuff because I usually get to just talk about the piece or the project. But I think well, my character would say <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just like no, we're not talking about me. <laughs> I think there's a way, hopefully, to be transparent and authentic about the things that you're choosing to discuss, but then knowing when you want to save some things for yourself. Yeah. Like I think there are certain occasions, whether it's with my family or with my friends, where I try like. The phone goes away and there's no yes, social no media. Social media. It's just is for me to be there and experience it. But also, I think there are certain things that happen in my family or with my friends that I do want to share with people because I want to share something happy and something beautiful yeah. and something that is real to me. So it's just, I think, trying to you never get too careless about it and start having it feel too second nature because then I think you get into danger of sharing things you didn't really mean to yep, in the moment. Yep, yep, yep. So just <laughs> making sure you're thinking through everything you're clicking. Do you have social media rules? Like, won't turn on the phone past this time or? I don't have hard rules. I try not to post, like, outside of my home, mm-hmm. like where okay, I live. So, some safety issues, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, like, if I'm in a home of a friend that doesn't want, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, anything like that. Or, of course, not, like, crazy late at night hopefully but i i try to take it situation by situation i think it's so fluid now and it's become so like integral to like daily living for everyone yeah it really has it's hard to avoid what do you do on your day off who i really like soul cycle i often go to soul cycle big fan um i try to see theater or see other film i like that's the best is getting to be like the audience member after making stuff yourself Mm. it's just like really relieving and if it's nice out like it was yesterday i try to walk in the park i live near the central park so i try to you know read around the park walk in the park see my friends as much as possible i have a lot of really wonderful friends that are here mostly from high school that are also actors and directors and stuff i like to spend as much time with them as possible that's so dope and postmates (laughs) (laughs) so real (laughs) love having things delivered um you're playing the lead on the upcoming netflix show the politician yes i am can you tease a little about what that series is about sure so it's a uh it's created by ryan murphy um this just you know creative genius (laughs) just i mean he's amazing and it is the super kind of stylish very heightened affluent world it takes place in santa barbara and i play this kid peyton hobart he is hell-bent on becoming president of the united states and the whole first season is about him trying to become president of his senior class in high school (laughs) and there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of very like art humor and kind of biting social satire it's kind of a black comedy and but it's got a lot of kind of unexpected heart and and empathy as well that's awesome it's a cool mishmash what are you excited for people to see about it I think it's a really different character for mm. me, which I'm very, very much excited for. He's a lot more confident and conniving and ambitious Ooh, and conniving. less of a sort of social, awkward, kind of nerdy guy, which has been what I've been doing thus far because it's kind of closer to Breaking the to typecast. Me. Exactly. <laughs> it gets to, I get to stretch some different muscles, so I'm really excited for people to see that. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you haven't done professionally or personally that you're trying to do this year? This year? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Or maybe not this year. We can plot a little in the future. A little future. in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely want to have me some babies at some Ooh, point. Oh, good answer. Good answer. The only thing <laughs> I've ever known as surely as I've wanted to be a performer is that I definitely want to be a pop at some point. Oh, I love that. Um, we've been asking everyone this. What's some advice you would tell your younger self or what did you need to hear at that time? I think it's similar to the advice that I would give to any young person, which is just, you know, spend your time honing your weirdness and your strangeness and your otherness Mm -hmm. and like that's what's going to be your ticket not how well you can match other things or blend into other ideas or characters or people that you've seen before i feel like as soon as i really leaned into that idea that's when things started going really well so i i would want him to just know that that's dope uh what's your word for 2019 my word for 2019 is can it be a 
a phrase. Yeah, yeah, I'll allow it. Stop and smell the roses. Because I often am like, go, 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 and just looking for the next thing. And I got, you know, this worried about my voice and, you know, mm. all that stuff. But I, I'm trying really hard this year to every little nice thing, every little moment, just take it in and How's process that going? It. Are you relaxing? So far, it's good. Yeah? It, yeah, I think that being in, like, the music territory now, it's it, it lends itself really well to that because mm. it's a little bit more the, the, like, vibe of the community. So I've I've been doing good so far. I'm going to try to keep that. it up. Yo, thank you so much for being here. It I really so enjoyed fun. our chat. Me too. Discover more about the Coach fam and what the brand is all about at coach.com. Now, let's get back to the show. And now we're at the point of the show where we're hearing from young, inspiring people all across the country chasing down their dreams. We're asking them to share their stories and their dreams uninterrupted and in their own words. This week, we have 13-year-old Nevaeh Spillman from Kansas City, Missouri, who is making change in her community just by being herself. She's currently the starting quarterback of her middle school's football team. Okay, okay, take that in for a second. When she's not running things on the field, she uses her time to share her story, making sure girls know that they have a place at the table, even if that table is a football field. Just because the men have dominated football don't mean we can't get in on the fun, okay? I'm excited to hear what she has to say. Let's take a listen. I started playing football when I was like in kindergarten. I hung out with a lot of males and all my friends, we used to like have sleepovers and stuff and they always used to play football and it always looked so fun when they were out there. They asked me if I wanted to come play and I said yes and I just loved it ever since I started. I play quarterback right now and I've previously played um, corner and safety. I'm like an all-around athlete, I play every position. Quarterback, it means a lot because you just have to keep everyone's head up and keep it positive and keep everyone motivated. There's always some people that have like the smart comments or like the little stuff that gets to you, but I don't like it doesn't get to me a lot because I've heard it so much that it like encourages me to prove them wrong and like prove that girls can play male dominant sports. It doesn't matter if you're a female, male, playing a male dominant sport, nothing like that. Just show that you can do it. Nevea, thank you for joining us this week. I'm inspired hearing your story, and I know a lot of other people will be too. Follow your dreams, kids. Follow Nevea. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, y'all. Dream It Real is a collaboration between Coach, Pineapple Street Media, young people across the country, and me, The show is brought to you by Coach as a part of their Dream It Real initiative, which is all about supporting the next generation and their dreams for the future. To learn more, head to coach.com slash dreamitreal. Please feel free to stay in touch. You can follow me on Twitter at Heaven Rants. Make sure to follow Coach on all of the socials at Coach and tell your friends about the show. Tell your neighbor, (laughs) tell your bus driver, tell everybody. Make sure to rate and subscribe to Dream It Real on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.